Good morning and welcome to Emily in the Morning. This is the podcast on which I share my morning cup of coffee with a poem by Emily Dickinson, and I share that poem with you. Today we have the one that begins, New Feet Within My Garden Go. New feet within my garden go, new fingers stir the sod, a troubadour upon the elm betrays the solitude. New children play upon the green, new weary sleep below, and still the pensive spring returns, and still the punctual snow. So we're back to our ordinary length, two stanzas of four lines apiece with this poem. And the themes are, well, some things we've seen before. There is a slow, well, one small for Dickinson reference to death. But I want to take this line by line because I think that there's a lot of different ways in which this poem can be read. And I've seen a lot of other people, you know, reading it in alternative ways. This is just the first one that sprang to my mind, but please do not let that limit you and your interpretation. So the first line, new feet within my garden go. So I'm sure you've as you noticed as I was reading, there's a lot of repetition here. There's the repetition of new in the first two lines of both stanzas, and then to kind of close it off, the last stanza has those two stills at the end. Everything's become still. But this is our first of the news in the first line. New feet within my garden go. Now we firstly get the garden image, which is where we're going to stay for the rest of this first stanza. And we also get something really tactile. We get feet walking along. Nothing too highbrow about it just yet. But the one thing that, well, I suppose if I'm being honest, the first thing that's sprang to my mind is that the speaker here is dead or gone or something. And this speaker is thinking about different people walking in her garden. Now, there is an ambiguity there, of course. It could just be that the poet herself is new in the spring which is the main theme of this poem, that sort of renewed life, almost a resurrection image, some people have argued. But it could also be that in one of Dickinson's sort of typical moves, the poet is one of the new weary who sleep below. But I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. Second line, new fingers stir the sod. So again, we're back in the garden um, and different fingers, new fingers, either the poet's or someone else's, just fresh fingers are stirring up the sod, the grass, and so weeding, basically. It's springtime, the garden is being weeded from all of the stuff that accumulates there during the winter. And then a troubadour upon the elm, we've capitalized both the troubadour and elm. And I think, you know, this is one of the little birds Dickinson is so fond of, and we hear about so often. So a troubadour upon the elm betrays the solitude. And so it's strange how the new feet and the new fingers were solitude somehow, and the troubadour, the bird singing, is the only thing that's sort of betraying this and is piercing through, bringing a little bit of sound into it. So that's a bit interesting. Do with it what you will. On to the second stanza. New children play upon the green. Again, we have our new life. There's a, a fresh... Um, feeling to this group of children playing. We can think about all the happy sounds of kids running around, but then new weary sleep below. It's a really striking parallel. So yes, there have been a lot of new births over this past winter and the sort of emergence of children with the springtime, but also there has been death and 
the, the weary, it's interesting that Dickinson uses the word weary to talk about those who have died. Oftentimes, she has sort of a different view, but it's more the freshness of youth than the tiredness of age. And we get the image they just sort of were so tired they sank below and fell asleep. Now, still pensive, the next line, and, st this, and still the pensive spring returns. So this isn't an exuberant spring. This isn't sort of a Wordsworth overflowing with joy spring. This is pensive. And the reason that we can call it a pensive spring is in reference to that image that we just had, with the children upon the green and the weary sleeping below. And still the punctual snow. So it's interesting that in a poem about spring, we end with an image of snow, and it could be you know, one of those snap snowfalls that happen in the middle of spring, and everything's beautiful and glorious, and then up comes the snow. It's just killed everything that's come to life. But it is it's a very interesting way to end the poem. I'm not going to impose any more than that. Also, we've reached the five minutes that I'm trying to keep each episode to, so I hope this was a good way to begin your morning. And I will talk to you again soon.